Uh, his praise always on our lips because he is so good because there's a joy in him. So make sure you get a t-shirt. These are really intended as discussion starters. That as we wear these with our friends, we hang out in the world and they go, more joy, what in the world are you talking about? And we get to uh, talk about, hey, here's what we believe. God created us to be happy and there's more joy in him uh, than anywhere else. And I I'm just thrilled to see that I'm, I'm still a medium. <laughs> so we're starting a new book today. Uh, uh, Ephesians. I've, I've shared with y'all. It happens to be I love every book of the Bible. They all have essentially the same message, but but this is my uh, my favorite book. And I'm going to do a quick overview, and then we'll work to an intro. But the overview is it's about how we get filled with the fullness of God. When you work through the first three chapters, Paul ends that with a prayer, and the climax of that prayer, the end of the prayer is. Here's what I'm praying for you, that you'd be filled with all the fullness of God, his glory, his grace, his love, his power. I don't care what your problems are. I don't care what the issues in your life are today, financial, physical, relational, I don't care. Well, you know what I mean by that, right? I'm going to tell you what the solution is. I actually do care about your problems. Uh, here's the solution. Whatever we're wrestling with, being more filled with the fullness of God. You want to be happier? You want more joy? Paul has the solution. More of God. Now, chapters one through three, here's the big idea. God is doing a spectacular supernatural work in our life. It's ongoing. He's going to pull apart what God's doing in each of our lives individually, and then he's going to talk about how he puts us into this group of people called the church. We've been hearing about this morning. We're not perfect, but lives get changed because God's doing a supernatural work in us individually, and he's doing a supernatural work in us collectively. The church, there's no other group of people, there's no other organization, there's no other community that's like the church. That's what Paul's going to tell us. And we have this experience of God that is life transforming. Then we're going to go to chapters 4 through 6. We're going to get to that prayer. And then Paul's going to apply it. And he's going to get very precise in those last three chapters. But the supernatural, spectacular work that God's doing us, in, us individually and collectively... It gets expressed. Our experience produces our expression. See how Paul organized his thoughts? Chapters 1 through 3, our experience of God 
four, five, six. Here's how it gets expressed. And I'm going to tell you, it is powerful. It is beautiful. Let me suggest already, if you've not read chapters four, five, and six, love is a really big idea. That's where we're headed. All right. About being filled with the fullness of God, let's do, and, and I, I always hesitate to use this word, but I think, I, I know I mean it, and I think that it will be true, a quick introduction to this book. <laughs> I told you about that prayer at the end of chapter 3. This is it. He's worked through in these first three chapters the spectacular supernatural experience that God is doing in our lives, continuing to do. And then he ends it with this prayer, which in one sense is a summary. So for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant to you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Our expression flows from our experience. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. It's Paul's prayer for these folks at Ephesus. He'd lived with them for three years. He's writing from that Roman imprisonment, most likely. But this is his prayer for those folks. Father, I ask that you would do in us what Paul asked to be done in the lives of those church families around Ephesus. We love you. We just want to love you more. We've experienced your grace, your peace, and your love. We're thrilled with what you've done thus far. Father, we want more. We want more of you. My prayer is for each one of us, gathered here in this room, watching online, wherever this church family might be this morning, I pray that you would fill us with more of your fullness, individually and collectively. Thank you for what we've enjoyed thus far, Father. Give us confidence and assurance that there is more joy ahead as we grow in our experience of your fullness. We ask this in the name of your Son who gave his life we might experience your love. Amen. So now, 
a quick introduction to the book. How many of you believe and hold, still hold some hope that this is going to be quick? May I see your hands? Okay, absolutely nobody. You have been paying attention then. Here's how it starts. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's start here, first of all, with just the author, the Apostle Paul. Now I'm going to give you quickly a list of qualifications that he could have used. He could have said, hey, I'm named after the first Jewish king. My name got changed from now, but uh, I'm a Jew from the tribe of Benjamin, as was King Saul. I was born in Tarsus, a significant commercial center, a universal city and crossroads of travel. I'm not a dope. I know what's going on in the world. I was raised in a cosmopolitan area, and I was well-educated. I was trained by Gamaliel the most honored rabbi of the first century. He became an outstanding rabbi himself. He's a member of the Sanhedrin's highest ruling Jewish religious and civil body there was. This is a list of things he could have quoted and referenced. He doesn't mention one of them. I've been lost to pastor studies that put up their credentials and put up their ordination, put up their diploma from seminary. That's not illegitimate. It's not what Paul points to. He tries to establish his credibility to these folks. He doesn't reference any of those things. And in our world, we usually introduce any guest speaker with those sorts of accreditations. Here's what he says. Paul, an apostle of, Jesus, of Christ Jesus. Now, unmistakably, Paul is referencing. You guys remember Acts 9 this summer when we talked about his conversion? He was out there persecuting Christians, and then he was on the road to Damascus, bright light. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Uh-oh. Whoops. And his life was transformed. Apostle, I'm sent by Christ Jesus. Apostle of. I belong to Christ Jesus. Here's my authority. He commissioned me. He sent me. I belong to him. And what I'm doing is speaking on his behalf. By the will of God. And I think Paul means here because God sovereignly chose me. Now, if you look at the beginning of Galatians, he's going he's to tell those folks there that God set him apart before he was born. You look at Acts 9. Remember after he's converted and he's the guy killing Christians, God has to go to Ananias. Remember, Paul, God's going to use Ananias to help Paul regain his sight. And, and Ananias, Paul, God tells Ananias, hey, I'm going to send you Paul. I want you to go look for him. And, and Ananias says to God, you remember who he is? Lord, I'm sure I've heard you clearly. But, but, but do you get who this is? What does God tell Ananias? I chose this guy to bring the gospel to the world. Now why? If you look at 1 Timothy, Paul tells us, for our good, 
How is Paul's chosen being for our good? Unmistakably the truth he's going to give us about God that God reveals specifically to him. But let me tell you, the big idea is that he was putting Christians to death. Why does Paul say his being chosen to do this is for our good? You ever wonder whether or not you can be saved by God? You ever wonder if you've sinned too much? Paul says, you don't have to ever wonder. You don't ever have to wonder whether God's redeeming grace and the gift and power that comes through trusting in Christ is enough for your backload of sin. You don't ever have to wonder about that. Because he saved me. Later on in Ephesians, he's going to call himself the least of all the saints. The worst of all sinners. He meant it. God uses him so that there's never, none of us that would ever wonder whether or not his redemption covers us. Now, who are the recipients? Those who loved Christ. Paul, an apostle of Christ, is by the will of God to the saints. Now, saints get used by the Roman Catholic. You got to get voted in. There's certain things you have to do. Saints in our culture kind of means somebody that's really holy. When Paul uses it here, he just means somebody who's been a set apart by God. God did some work. We're going to look at that as we go into Ephesians. But we choose to follow and treasure him. That's all it means. To the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. This book is written to those who have already treasured Christ. Now you may be sitting here, you may be online going, well, I haven't made that commitment yet. This book isn't for me. Let me assure you of this. If you're trying to figure out whether or not you want to treasure Christ, stick with us as we work through Ephesians, and you're going to get a very clear understanding of who Jesus is and what the gospel we believe in is. So if you haven't yet chosen to follow Christ, ah, I think this book, though not specifically written to those in that place, has extraordinary application. Because he's going to give us a more thorough picture of the gospel. The message. Have you guys heard this around here? One of the things that breaks my heart is it feels like to me in the general evangelical church, there's still this notion. I come to trust Christ. My sins are forgiven. I'm justified, which is all true. And then pretty much I just live my life the way I want to live it. It's how I viewed faith until I actually met Jesus. And I realized that coming to trust Jesus is just the beginning of the journey. We call it around here OST, Ongoing Spiritual Transformation. Andrew, your professor is right. This God is infinite. There's more to understand about him. Paul writes that here's my prayer for you who already love Christ. You're already dialed in. You've already been forgiven. You're already experiencing his grace, his, his peace, and his love. 
I want you to get more of it. It's why he writes this book. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace, a pretty common greeting of the day. What he adds to that is not common in the day. Grace to you and peace. Those of you who are already experiencing it in your life because you already trust Christ. I want you to have more of that grace. I want you to have more of that peace. From God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Wherever you're at in your journey, wherever that is, I pray that you will experience more of the fullness of God. Now I know Netflix is interesting. We got the start of the NFL today. There are so many things that are so valuable and warrant our attention. God has been so good to us that we've got more diversions and distractions available to us than any people in the history of the world. That's how generous he's been. Us being stronger. Us experiencing more grace, more peace, more love, more power. In the fullness of God. Now what Paul's going to make clear, God does the work, but we bring some effort to it. And my fear is that folks who think I asked Jesus into my heart and there's nothing else beyond that, I'm afraid that that really isn't genuine faith. It's just actually not a biblical idea. We want to experience more of the fullness of God. Let me tell you from scriptures and from my own experience, we got to put some effort into it. God's primary means of revealing the fullness of himself is through a little book we call the Bible. He uses words so here's my encouragement as we go into this that every one of us will commit to reading Ephesians I read the book yesterday morning it doesn't take too long it's a great book start with the passage for the week start with the first chapter up to you but here's my encouragement as we go through Ephesians. Read a piece of it every day. He uses the written word to reveal himself to us. And then commit every day, Lord, help me experience 
more of your fullness. He's infinite. My conviction is we, even when we get to heaven, are still going to be fascinated and learning about who he is. Now, we're not going to have sin. We're not going to have the diversion of Netflix and all the sin in this world to distract us. But I think we're going to spend eternity going, Johnny, did you see Jesus? Did you just see him? Wow! That was intended to be the appetizer. We're going to read his word and then we're going to ask his spirit to do with each of our lives and in our corporate body what only he can do, which is help us experience that. And then we're going to enjoy sharing our life and what we're learning with others. Love life groups, this community. We're going to keep talking about who Jesus is and the pieces of his fullness that we're discovering. What we heard from these folks this morning, how good, how good. Make no mistake, we're thrilled where we are as a church family. We're so happy. You just got a couple of snapshots this morning of what God's doing in our fellowship. There's way more. You get to that prayer at the end of chapter 3, He's going to say this, God can do immeasurably more than we can even imagine or ask. I'm like, that is stinking good. We're going to share that with one another. Now we're going to wear these t-shirts out there in the world. Again, medium if you're about my size. And you're going to wear these shirts. Somebody asked, what in the world is that reference? I found more joy than there is in football. In Jesus. This is the journey we're headed on. We're going to work through, through Ephesians, probably finishing in May. Here's my prayer for me. I start with me. And for all of you, Lord, as we read your word, as we ask you to work in our heart, and as we share our lives with one another and those out in the world, Father, fill us with the fullness, all the fullness of your love. Father, thanks for giving us this word. Thanks for working through Paul. Thanks for giving us this hope that can only be found in him. Oh, Lord. Fill us with your fullness. Help us to see truths of you, dimensions of you that thus far we haven't understood, we haven't experienced. And I pray, Father, that you will never allow this to be a, simply a cerebral, mental, intellectual exercise. Father, I pray that you would give us the fullness of who you are in our heads and in our hearts. And our conviction is that growing experience of your grace, of your peace, of your love will be more fully expressed wherever we go, whomever we're with.